Hey, this is Patrick Macias, the author of Tokyo Scope, the Japanese cult film companion, and this is a pure Tokyo Scope podcast. By the way, for those of you who've been living under a rock for the last few years and haven't tuned in, I'm Matt Alt, the author of Pure Invention: How Japan Made the Modern World, and its associated newsletter. Please subscribe. Oh yeah, we should talk about our Substacks. We should plug them as hard as we can. We both now have newsletters on Substack. We do. Yes, we do. I've been. I started mine about a couple months back. I think you just started yours. This feels a lot like blogging, but not. It's like more serious blogging, wouldn't you say? So far, yeah. I mean, I'm going to post a couple times a week. I'm going to do a mix of like news and features. If you like me old style blogging that I used to do over on the eternal thought in the mind of Godzilla, we're going to bring back some of those old beats and uh, go in a new direction. And uh, you can follow everything at tokyoscope.blog. Meanwhile, I'm drawing out the threads of pure invention, linking them to headlines and noodling off in my own way, uh, taking stuff that I didn't make it into pure invention and putting it on the uh, newsletter. All sorts of fun. Uh, you can find it at blog.pureinventionbook.com. Please subscribe. And we'll put those in the show notes. So everyone listening within reach, please subscribe and like and share and do all that fun stuff in addition to this podcast. And, you know, we, we might do some fun, exclusive Pure Tokyo Scope podcast content there. Who knows? Crossovers. Crossovers like those Marvel What, what If comics. Like all of those, like, or those the Titanic twofer team ups. I always forget. That's what we're going to, we should do something like that. Well, what, like Common Rider versus Ultraman or what, the, the Shin Universe Japan heroes? What is it? The seven, the seven Ultra Brothers versus like one Common Rider or whatever they're showing in Thailand right now? Seven Ultra Brides for seven Ultra Brothers? <laughs> it's like Mars needs women, man. So, what's on the agenda for today? Today we've got news and we're going to kick things off with a fun story that's going to bring a smile to everyone's face. Wealthy expats reject unfriendly Tokyo for onerous work culture and slum-like streets. Beloved of travelers, Tokyo is a must-see, but the city is becoming a vast turnoff for wealthy foreign residents and investors. According to Expat Insider Survey, Tokyo ranked in the bottom 10 cities for expats to live in 2022 owing to its work culture as well as its unfriendliness and language barrier. Like, do you even slum, bro? Like, I, I have, I can't say that I've spent a lot of time in slums, but like, Tokyo has struck me as a lot of things. And there's a lot of things about Japan that have annoyed me over the years, but it's slum like extreme. I can't stop laughing whenever I say this. It's, it's just, do you think it's a slum, Patrick? I gotta say, sure they may be slum like unfriendly streets matt but they're my unfriendly slum like streets this makes it like don't you know that it's true that for me and for you the world is a ghetto is that is that what this guy is saying singing i don't know he's not because he's actually just a big jerk face unfriendliness what does that mean well you know japanese you know people in this big city can be standoffish but isn't that true of all like do you like run up to people in new york city or san francisco just go like, hey, hey, hi, 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 hi. What are you up to? You know, like, you know, I don't do that. Do you? There apparently there's a language barrier. Who knew people spoke Japanese in Japan, Matt? Now look, I will I will seed one tiny inch centimeter here, which is that I, I do find people in Kansai, uh, residents, Kansaiites, tend to be friendlier than ones in Tokyo. But it's just I don't know. That's like a city culture thing. I don't think I would, I would categorize Tokyo as suddenly being a ghetto slash slum just because you know people aren't asking like how you're doing 
doing when you order a Big Mac at the at the local Macudona Rodeo. And this article has a picture of what they call Tokyo's French expat quarter, Kagurazaka. I didn't know they colonized it like they did Vietnam, Matt. Did you know that? Yeah, there's. A, it's like that cut scene from Apocalypse Now where uh, they they wind up at the plantation upriver, like you know, discussing, having this long discussion about the the situation in Vietnam before they get back on that like torpedo boat or whatever it is. Actually, Kagurazaka is a great place. It's always called kind of like I I hear it variously called Little France and Little Kyoto. I think it's definitely way more Kyotoized. Is that a word? Than Francoized? Is that a word? But uh, it's an awesome section of town. There's a lot of really cool restaurants and boutiques there. If you visit Tokyo, I highly recommend it. But actually, this reminds me a, a couple of, God, about six years, six months back, maybe last year, uh, another wealthy expat uh, who was the editor of a big magazine came into Japan and said, you know what the problem with Japan is? Everybody's masking. And I'm like, really? Really? Like the economy hasn't slowed down. People are out shopping. People are out eating and they're just wearing masks. And you think that's a problem? Like what What? What happened to freedom, man? What happened to freedom? I don't know. I, I just think when you get wealthy and you get isolated and it's possible let me just preface this by saying i think it's possible to be wealthy and not be a jerk but i think it's equally easy to kind of get in your own little bubble which is what i feel when i read stories like this or hear people extraordinarily wealthy people complaining about things like people wearing masks yeah and also japan has a history of masked superheroes like common rider matt so i think you have to take that into account cultural sensitivity have we forgotten kuchisake onna the the yokai woman who shows up wearing a surgical mask and then like threatens to slash your mouth from ear to ear. You know, if it weren't for masks, how would she be able to function in the wild, man? Is she a metaphor for Japan's onerous work culture? Exactly. I think I think she's she's actually about uh, the standoffishness of Japanese people. Like they they either she's unfriendly. They, supposed <laughs> she's actually super friendly. She comes up and asks if she's pretty. Have we have we had this have we had this conversation? I feel like yeah, we've definitely had this discussion before. I think on the yokai episode, but I'm sure. But for those who are just tuning in, uh Kuchisaki Keona, the slash mouth woman, is a kind of urban legend slash modern yokai who manifested in the 1970s by word of mouth among Japanese school children, terrifying them, including my wife, who is an early uh, adopter of Kuchisake Onna's uh, wily ways. And she would approach kids on the street wearing a surgical mask, uh, which isn't actually all that weird in Japan, and ask, am I pretty? And if you say yes, she takes off her mask and reveals this joker-like mouth, like ripped ear to ear full of teeth and says, even still? And then if if you say yes or no, she kills you. There's no right or wrong answers, I guess, huh? Japan is a slum. I guess that's the answer here. I guess that's all we can say. But the world is a ghetto, Matt. So look at the bigger picture here. Okay, moving along, Matt, we're going to jaunt across the pond to jolly old England for our next story. Bandai Namco to debut merchandise complex in London. Bandai Namco Holdings opens its first overseas store complex in London next month, Nikkei learned Tuesday. As the Japanese entertainment company behind franchises such as Gundam and One Piece works to expand its international fan base, Bandai Namco Amusement will set up a Bandai Namco Cross store in the British capital's Camden Market, a sprawling retail center with an eclectic variety of shops and restaurants. The Cross store itself will feature six shops, including outlets for capsule toys, a popular One Piece trading card game and a merchandise lottery, as well as areas for events and game machines. 
Matt, all I can say is, blimey, Tokyo is getting Harry Pottered to death right now, so this kind of seems yes. like fair play. Is this a standalone complex, would you say? Um, I'm actually not surprised by this one at all. Bandai Namco uh, is well known for doing events. Their Tamashii Nations event has kind of been touring the world uh, every year, and they're super, super engaged with their foreign fans, so this, this seems like a logical sort of leap. And also a preventative measure to keep tourists out of Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like now you don't need to go. Please, it's it's a slum anyway. So now you can go to England. You can go to you can go to England and get all your Naruto action figures that you need. What's a merchandise lottery? Is that like a Mikuji? Like what is the prize? I think it's like isn't it like that Stephen King novel where like you know you have to keep walking and if you stop they shoot you? Is that is that what it's like or is it like sorry? By the way, I, I have to just a total total side note. I, I I hung out with one of our erstwhile listeners, uh, Hilsey, uh, when I was in Seattle the other week and i mentioned that people have been accusing me of only making 70s and 80s references and he said yeah man that's right and i just made another one with stephen king there so i'm trying i'm trying to break out of my references i need to make like 90s and like an aughts and like even up to the moment references. you need to get on tiktok and start dancing and pointing at things <laughs> are you going to take the tide pod challenge wait a second see that's an old reference already and for our final news story matt Dig this. Remember Godzilla versus Megalon? Remember Godzilla's robot buddy, Jet Jaguar? My favorite movie in the Godzilla franchise? Yes, I think I remember. Jet Jaguar! Oh no, don't tell me. In the uncharted depths of waters surrounding a group of islands off the 50th parallel lies man's most formidable challenge. The awesome awakening of prehistoric monsters long thought extinct. Savage and deadly, their one hope is to rule our planet as they once had thousands of years back. Giant against giant. The ultimate battle. Godzilla versus Megalon. Science was baffled and powerless. A terror-stricken humanity knew that it was on the brink of total destruction. A once proud civilization now had to place its trust and hope in Godzilla and his powerful ally, Robot Man. In concert, they would fight this evil in a duel to the death. Battling by day, battling by night, it was more than a race against time. This war was an all-out effort whose ultimate purpose was to save our planet from total destruction. Now came the moment of truth. The ultimate battle. Titan against Titan. Giant against giant in the most spectacular battle yet. You'll see it all in Godzilla versus Megalon. 
They're crowdfunding a new Jet Jaguar suit to make a new live action short film featuring Godzilla. Okay, so every year they do this for the last couple of years, they're celebrating the 50th anniversary of some classic Godzilla films from the 70s by making new short films. This is Toho Studios that is doing this here in Japan. And they put them up on YouTube for like a week, then they take them down and they make sure no one can ever see them again. But they do them with suits. They do them with like yes. classic men in suit technology. And they're going to do that again for Jet Jaguar, Godzilla's robot buddy. They tried to do it last year with Gigan for the 50th anniversary of Godzilla versus Gigan, and they didn't meet their goal. Well, everybody knows Jet Jaguar is cooler than Gigan. Uh-oh, did I just start something? Did I start something? I think he's cooler than Gigan. I like Gigan, I do. Um, although I think the 1990s Bandai vinyl uh, with the tag actually has uh, correct portions with overly long legs. Um, I love Gigan, whatever he is. A robot chicken cyborg something or other? Yeah, like Megalon's supposed to be like a cockroach? Kind of a Kabutomushi, I think. Kabutomushi. Yeah, and so Gigan is like, Gigan will will always be linked in my brain to the Bullmark diecast of of him, which is like solid metal and has like razor blades all over it and those hooked arms and like it shoots missiles. It's like walking unsafe at any speed child safety hazard. So those are kind of fused together in my mind. But Jet Jaguar, man, he doesn't get enough love. He does not get enough love. I'm actually really happy about this. Well, the whole thing is Godzilla versus Megalon didn't get a whole lot of love for so long. I remember that was the pariah of the entire series for yes. so long, but now it's a film that's that's beloved. I, I've always loved it. It has it has unusual family arrangements, two dads and one kid. It has... Actually, Matt, they're all brothers. All three of them are brothers, okay? Are they the, wait a second. Is that the two Ultra Brothers? The three Ultra Brothers? Um... Jet Jaguar, I remember the first time I saw him, I thought he was a knockoff of Ultraman. But now I know. He's something more, Patrick. This is not the first revival of Jet Jaguar. The eagle-eyed viewers, listeners, uh, eagle-eared, will remember that he made a big appearance in the Godzilla SP anime that aired on Netflix, what is that, two years ago now? One year ago? A lifetime ago, feels like, yeah. It does. It was was during COVID, I think. Anyway, I actually, I'm one of the few Godzilla fans who seems to really, really love Godzilla SP. I, I think it's great singularity point i think it's what the sp stands for and the portrayal of jet jaguar in there is really awesome um he's actually kind of key to the entire thing but i believe this revival slash whatever we're doing is of the old school 1973 jet jaguar is not it is indeed they haven't revealed the design but i'm assuming it's going to be a recreation of the original vinyl costume which kind of looked like scuba gear with some like stuff built over it and spray painted (laughs) like they have to crowdfund this like toho cinemas just jack their ticket prices and they can't afford a new jet jaguar Jaguar suit? Why don't they just go to Haraguchi-san's like uh, office and and hasn't he restored the old suit or something by now? Our buddy Haraguchi-san? Can't they just be friendly to like a wealthy expat or something like that? There's always been something suspect about him. He hangs out with young children. You know, maybe that's what it's been, you know, to why it's taken so long to kind of rehabilitate his image and bring him back. Well, I hope they do a remix or like a, a reboot or a, a new version of the Jet Jaguar theme song by Shinman Masato. Yes. Yes. I remember that. Play it, Patrick. Play it again. Play play Misty for me. Okay, well, we'll see what happens with the crowdfunded Jet Jaguar costume or wish it the best. And in the meantime, here's the, uh, the theme song for Jet Jaguar. Yuke yuke hei wa o mamoru tame 
みんなも驚く勇気を見せるゴジラとジャガーでパンチパンチパンチパンチパンチなくな僕らも頑張ろう Godzilla films that have that kind of theme song、no. for one character at the end of it? No,、nope. no, no. Okay. I, I, I love Jet Jaguar. I, I, if, if loving Jet Jaguar is a crime, then find me guilty. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Now, what they need to do is crowdfund a suit for the king of Satopia, Robert Dunham. You know, the white guy in the toga who's yelling, Rise up! Megalon! Wake up! Megalon! Come on, rise up now! To the Earth's surface! Destroy the earth! Destroy our enemies! Rise up! Megalon! He's like, there's a hairy dude they found on the street in Shibuya. I love it. He looks like somebody who would just kind of like would randomly be seated next to you at the hub. He looks like Sean Connery in like the third act in Zardoz or something like that when it's gone really off the rails. So the best part about that movie is Seatopia is still down there. Like, so it, like for all of these years, Seatopia has still been there. They're just, they just, you know, they're still a threat to humanity. Nobody's done anything about it. No, they talked to the scientists to stop testing atomic weapons. Yes, no. It, I remember it says, we'll warn the scientists to be more careful in future, is the actual line. Like they, they couldn't fit in the whole sentence when they were dumbing it. We'll warn the scientists to be more careful in future and let Seatopia rest in peace. We'll try to let the cat out so it doesn't piss all over everything. <laughs> yeah, we can, I'm assuming we can just leave this high tech metropolis underneath the seas to leave us alone for the future. I'm sure it'll be fine. Why can't I be a guy in a toga in a, in a Japanese sci fi kaiju production, Patrick? Why? It's why I moved here. See, they're right. Japanese people are standoffish. I have not been invited to wear a toga in a Japanese kaiju production. This, this place is a ghetto, dude. Oh, man. So, thanks so much for listening to the show. Please continue to support. Check out our other projects, like our new Substacks, for example, and we'll catch you all next time. See you on the flip side.